Father, we praise you. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. As Betty, the scripture says, you cast all your cares at his feet because he cares for you and he loves you and you're not overlooked and you're not unloved. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the service. We pray for Jim as you anoint him to speak the word. And as you give him words of hope, words of life, words of truth this morning, Lord, let your anointing be on him. Let it touch the hearts of every listener and every hearer today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank y'all, worship team. Lynette, if it's not too much trouble, can you put that last verse up? I will build my life. We've made this declaration before, but I would like to do it today. I, can't you able to do that? That last verse on that. Can we stand? Can we? Yeah, you can go live. Everybody stand, and that's just this is a declaration before the Lord. We're just we're set making uh, a declaration of where we stand and how we're going to be able to obviously serve the Lord with gladness. So everybody, let's pre- repeat this together. If you say it with me, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Let's say it again. I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation, and I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We're glad you're here. Anybody needs prayer after the service, please uh, hang around and just mention, I'd like prayer, whatever the issue may be, healing, uh, deliverance, uh, maybe you're dealing with something, we want to pray for you. Uh, Something happens in the corporate body when we pray. Individually, you can pray, but when we pray together, Uh, as one in unity there's power released and I believe that God wants to bless that I know he does and I know you do too so anybody like prayer at the end of the service please uh, come forward we'll pray for you and uh, we thank you for your presence today amen last week we talked about the dilemma that we're in and what's the answer to that dilemma And that is, obviously, a relationship. And so today I want to start that because we we handed out the coasters about reminder for prayer. Everybody's got one or two, whatever one you want, but it'll be reminding, okay? Paul said something I'm always reminded of that really encourages me. And that is, he said, I never fail to mention you in my prayers. Now, that doesn't sound like that's a whole long prayer you know, and so forth. But mentioning, bringing up the name of people that God puts on your mind and heart as you get up in the morning, or the church, you see the church there on the plaque uh, there, and, and praying that God would pour his spirit out. I believe he's doing that. We talked about it last week. There are some types of people that I uh, respect, and I believe here the Lord very clearly, saying there is things that are happening uh, as far as an outpouring of his spirit, we want to be a part of it. Amen? That's why we're here. We're here to share the gospel. Listening to an old pastor. He was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and he's gone home to be with the Lord now. And uh, I listened to him over the years. Uh, he doesn't have always the com- com- continue uh, all the theological things that I do and that, but he's, he's biblically correct, right, as far as scripture is concerned. And he talked about the fact that, you know, when Paul said to live is Christ and to die is gain, that he was in, in Rome, obviously, and he was chained to or uh, hooked up to a, a uh, guard. And this guard was uh, the top-notch guard, okay, that actually uh, was in that city. And he was, he was actually uh, shackled to these guards for two years. And he wrote a lot of the book there in the book of Romans and all. And if you listen and read what the book says, there's a whole lot of joy, a whole lot of peace, a whole lot of uh, just thanking God in the midst of adversity that Paul uh, overcame. And I think we obviously, we look at the life of, of Paul, but certainly the life of Jesus, that he set his 
face like a flint towards Jerusalem. He was going to do the will of the Father. And I believe that's the, obviously the direction that we should go also. No matter what you're going through today, you can rejoice in the Lord always. And again, Paul says, and again I say rejoice. And that's possible by the power of God's Spirit in our lives. No matter what you're going through in life, no matter what situation that you're going through, no matter what challenge, as children of the Most High God, we know that He cares for us as prayed here. And we know that He will take care of these things. And we know that He's doing something in our hearts and lives that we can't always see and we can't understand. But I'll tell you one thing, that He's doing it. And He knows what's best for you and me. And he wants that fulfilled in your life and my life. And so as we look at this today, I want to talk about what we talked about again, the beginning here, when you think of the Lord's Prayer. Now, I know John chapter 17 is the Lord's Prayer too, when he prayed for himself, his, his disciples, and then he prayed for all people who, who were there at that time and who would come after him. But he, this is always called the Lord's Prayer. It's Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read, if you'd like to stand, we'll read verses 1 through 15. And we're going to look, and the answer here is the answer to our desperation, a relationship. Let's read it together. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. And I tell you the truth, they have received their, full, their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And this, then, is how you pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Amen. May God have blessing to the reading of his word. All right. Take off on this. You and I know that we're to make a difference in our culture today. And we're involved in politics, and we're involved in every aspect of society. Obviously, if we have children in school or wherever it may be, and that is certainly a priority. But the priority is that God be glorified. Amen? That the will of God would be done throughout the earth today. Okay? That's the priority today. The Bible says, let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. And so the light of Jesus in your life and my life is shining in the darkness. We are to make a, a difference in this world today. And we talked about last week the desperation and the times that we live in. And at the very end of the message, you remember, I had sort of like got focused on the fact that many verses talk about crying out to the Lord. Cry out to Him. And what does that mean? So I began to look at that, and that actually means exactly what it says. A big exclamation. It is crying out to God. Because we are in a desperate state. When you came to Jesus Christ, you're born again here today, you came to the end of yourselves and realizing that your good works were not getting it. And that everything you did to try to gain God's favor didn't get it. And then through that, and you realize you were a sinner, and, and that darkness in your heart was revealed, but right behind it, God gave that grace and that forgiveness when you turned to Him. 
And what a relief. Because all the shame and the guilt was taken away. And so we know crying out to God. Coming to a place of desperation. Realizing that we cannot do it. That it's God's got to do it. And so how does that take place in your life and my life? It takes place in us being involved in certainly the things that are around us, being involved with other people in community as we've talked about, certainly as family, but certainly it takes place in prayer. Prayer is the most powerful weapon that you and I hold. It is so powerful. And that's why Satan tries to keep you and me off of our knees and keep us from seeking God's face. It's so powerful. And we know in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the weapons of our warfare, which are prayer, they're not fleshly weapons, they're spiritual weapons. They're mighty in pulling down of strongholds and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I mean, you're talking about prayer. Your prayers are more powerful, and my prayers are more powerful than you'd ever realize. Now, I don't boast in that. It's certainly, it is because of the Lord. It's because there's a spirit of God living within us as Christians. But it's powerful today when God's people pray. That's why we spend so much time in prayer here. That's why we know Wednesday night we're, we're seeing prayer in, in operation and what we're doing and praying over the property and other means when we go through Bible study and so forth. That's why prayer is so important. That's why we, had tra- we handed out those plaques as a reminder. Because when we're united in prayer, I want to tell you, Nothing can stop us as far as doing the will of God, okay? So we've got to come together under those, those pretenses and know that God Almighty answers our prayers when we're united as one. So when you think about all the dilemma that we're in today, where do we begin? And where do we begin with, as far as prayer is concerned? Well, I believe a little instruction can make a huge difference here. And even if, obviously, we have a lot to learn, just knowing where to begin can be a really big deal. And so I'm going to encourage you today. We talk about prayer. We obviously hear a lot about prayer. But I want to encourage you to pray, to call upon the Lord, cry out to him. Let him know the the state of desperation that we're in. Because I want to tell you, God answers those prayers. He knows our needs before we ask him, according to the word of God. We know that. He's God. But we know that he wants to do something when we're united as one. Jesus obviously talks about that today as a matter of prayer. And I believe we've got so much to learn. And obviously, because of that, I don't want to draw back. Because sometimes there are things that I see, and there's so many things I want to watch and listen to, teachers and preachers and and all these things and my prayers. And, Lord, there's so much I could go on and on and on as far as praying for people and praying for this country and praying for the situations that maybe you're in as families and so forth, all these types of things. And so at times I feel overwhelmed, and I bet you do also. But you can begin. And today, this is what I want to begin with as we talk about the Lord's Prayer here. Because we know, obviously, very importantly, that Jesus lays out this, I believe, a model that you and I can follow. So if, you know, I hand out sheets where people uh, will put their prayers on there and you can listen and pray those prayers back to the Lord certainly and those things are good and I've talked about the fact that they're things of supplementary things that you can pray or if you use them on a daily basis there's so many resources that we have today most of all you can pray the scripture back to God you can take and read the scripture get into the Psalms and pray it back to him. And I've, I've told you, I've kind of an example, and I'm going to use myself as an example today simply because this is what I do, because God will adapt it to you if you're willing. But I pray the Psalms back to him, okay? The Lord is Jim's shepherd, and Jim shall not want. He makes Jim lie down in green pastures, and he leads Jim beside the still waters, and he restores my soul. I make it personal. I pray it back to him, okay? And, and you could ask him, Lord, I, I want to experience those still waters. My life is in chaos right now, but I want to experience those still waters. And that peace you talk about that passes all understanding. And so we know we can pray the scripture back because that's the will of God. And so that's one resource that you have. Just get in and start praying any of the particular scripture back. You can pray the scripture back to him by looking at some of these things that you don't understand and say, Lord, I just read your, vo- your word here on this particular issue. Would you explain this to me? I don't quite understand it. 
talk to God about it because he'll talk to you. And he talks in different ways. He can talk any way he desires, certainly. Still small voice through circumstances, certainly through his word or through other people in different ways. He can do that, but he still speaks today. And he'll speak to you. Just go in and talk to him in that manner. But I want to talk about in the Lord's Prayer today. And I want to talk about only half of it. Next week we'll finish it. And the first thing that we should do is be sincere. This scripture addresses people who are hypocrites. And they were praying with the wrong motive. And they were praying to be seen by men. And they're missing the most essential dynamic of prayer. And that's a conversation with God. Not a show, but a conversation with God. A relationship that, obviously, that we need. They had an outward appearance of their religiosity. But inside their heart was obviously, remember what Jesus said? It was like a tomb, right? I mean, he didn't beat around the bush. And he didn't beat around the bush and call them hypocrites either. I bet they didn't like that. You ever been, anybody told you that you're a hypocrite? I want to tell you, you're going uh, to balk back, okay? They didn't like that. But Jesus always called it as it is because they wanted to be seen by men. And let me tell you, when I pray, at times I'll go back because we all have different motives in our lives about things that we do. And I'll go back and say, Lord, if there are any impure motives in my heart right now, would you obviously cleanse me, forgive me of those motives? Because I don't know. Motives are sometimes are hard to define, aren't they? It's hard to wrap your, your mind and your heart around them. And then I say, Lord, but if there are some pure motives, then would you bless them? And th- I go with that. Because I pray before a lot of people. I'm talking to a lot of people. I'm ministering to a lot of people. And I don't want to get the wrong motive mixed in with something that God wants to do in and through me. And I know you feel the same way. And so we know God obviously will, will come along and he'll cleanse you. And he'll forgive you. He wants to use us. And so we're not to draw back, but we're to press in. We do that in a, in a powerful way. We know obviously the scriptures talk to here. You hypocrites. And Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachers are but rules taught by men. They had developed that religion there with lots of external activity here, but no sincere love for God in their hearts. One of the things that I pray, because we know in Matthew chapter 22, when Jesus said the Ten Commandments can be summed up in two commandments. First of all, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then to love your neighbors yourself. And the question I ask you, you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? You love your neighbors yourself? I mean, you know, you don't have to raise your hand, but just think about it a moment. You know what I have to do? Go before the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm not sure about all this stuff, but I know your spirit can bring me to that place, and I know you can work that in my heart. So I pray that to him. Because, see, what we've got is actually the Spirit of God to help us to be able to do that very thing. Not everything just comes automatically to you and me. But we have our helper, the comforter, our advocate, the paraclete, the one that will help us and work that. I said, Lord, I don't know what my motives are. Would you show me? You know, forgive me if I have some impure motives here. And I I don't want to do anything to be seen by man. But if there are, cleanse me, please. Forgive me. And get me on the right path. God is always there with his arms open. And he will do that if we'll continue to run to him. But hypocrisy is something we all face. It's a danger because we've made a public statement that we're followers of Jesus. Amen? we all made that public statement. But what is the temptation if we begin to draw back from the Lord in our hearts? The temptation is to keep up the appearances, isn't it? If something has gotten cold in your heart... My temptation is just keep that outward appearance when I come to church, certainly because I'm amongst church folk, okay? And obviously, and that deception is there to keep everything. And so instead of coming to people and saying, Lord, I, I, you know, I, I, need, I need your prayers today because I, I feel like that my heart has, has become cold towards the Lord. I'm not on, just on fire like Jesus with Jesus like I used to be. And coming into the body of Christ, which the body of Christ is for, we've talked about, and getting prayer and asking God to do it. But my temptation is to keep up the appearances when my heart may be cold towards the Lord. See, that's what we're talking about. There's a tension that's there. 
And God is saying that I'll hear the prayers of your people. It's powerful, again, corporate prayer when we pray for one another. And this place should be a place because we don't look down our noses. We all come on the same ground, and the same ground leading to the cross is all level. We all come the same way, and we need to ask for that prayer. That's why I offer to pray for people and, and continue to do that. And share your heart. It doesn't make We're not running out saying this and that about somebody. We're actually praying because we want that to happen in your life, and we want that to happen in our lives also. That's what they were doing. They were hypocrites here. Remember there on Mount Carmel, Elijah, when he, he put it to the people of Israel, he said this. He went before the people and he said this. How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. So which one are we going to follow? Which one are we going with? Baal, obviously representative of all the idols. So we're going to follow something else besides God. We talked about last week the idols that we allow in our hearts are one of the things that will obviously cause that, uh, that fire in our heart for Jesus to begin to sort of like go down and go down. And so this was what was happening. They were worshiping Baal. And so what Jesus is telling the Nazareth right now, which one are we going to follow? We're going to follow God. We're going to wholeheartedly give ourselves to him. If Matthew 22, which is the word of God, is correct, and I believe it's correct, and it's certainly you do too, we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our minds, our soul, and our strength. And obviously we're in the process. God is progressively sanctifying you and me after we're saved and born again to come to that place that we've been preformed into the image of Jesus Christ. We're predestined, by the way. I used the wrong word. Predestined to be in the image, to be made in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going, wow, <laughs> God's got a, lot of, got a lot of work to do. See, we don't see things the same way he does. But if you're obedient as God leads you, then obviously God's going to do something powerfully here. So we're talking about here, talking about having a pure motive that we know is, is there. If you don't, don't ask, you're not sure, then ask God, what is my motive in this? So, Back to prayer. Be real. Be sincere. Come to God and talk to God here. Don't try to manipulate God with a lot of words. Just come. Just come as you are. Always. Jesus says, come to me if you're burdened and heavy laden. I'll give you rest for your souls here. Obviously, they thought because they said a lot of words that they, they would be heard. But it doesn't mean that. You can whisper. Whisper prayer. You're going to bed. And you turn, you're whispering. I whisper prayers at times. I pray if I wake up in the middle of the night, I whisper those prayers out. Sometimes my prayers are loud and obviously very vocal and audible. But sometimes I'm whispering those prayers. You're going in someplace, whispering in before. God hears those prayers. God wants us to have a relationship with him. And it's in that communion and relationship with him that we will obviously make a difference in this world. He's, the answer is prayer through that relationship with Jesus Christ here. Remember in Luke chapter 18, the parable of the corrupt judge. Obviously, you remember the lady goes before the judge, and she keeps knocking on the door of the judge, and tries, she had, the judge tries to turn her away and so forth. You know this, the, the situation. The lady kept on and on and on, and it was un, an unjust judge. It was a corrupt judge, and she kept on kept on and on and on finally the judge granted what she was asking for okay now here's the, the par it's not parallel here because God is not an unjust God God is a just God and he's our heavenly father being saved okay but what is showing here is persistence pays off there and it paid off with a corrupt judge of limited power how much more will it pay off with a just God of infinite power that's the comparison. Our God is no limit to his power. There's no limit to what he can do, okay? And so it's telling you, you and I, don't give up. And you may pray the same prayer over and over again. And yes, you're not trying to somehow badger God in that. But something happens when you begin to pray. Because I want to tell you, when you pray, it changes us more than anything else in this world. And that's the whole purpose of it. God wants to change our hearts so we can see him for who he is. Now, come into the Lord's Prayer. Very important here. First of all, you need to uh, be personal. 
be personal here. Remember when Allison, our daughter, was young? And she would come, and she'd say, Daddy? I said, okay. And sometimes you knew she wanted you to sit down. She wanted to crawl up in, in, in my lap. And she'd look up at me and say, Daddy? And she would make a request before me. And I'd look at her, and I'd go, man, my heart melted, okay? I don't know about y'all, but my heart melted, okay? Trust me. I know I was challenged as a father, obviously, and maybe all of us could say the same thing. But I'll tell you what, when your child crawls up in your lap and looks at you and asks, I want to tell you, if she asks for the moon, I'd try to get her the moon, would you? Right? Well, I'm an earthly father, right? When you go and you get in your prayer closet and you crawl up in your daddy's lap, and he is our Abba Father, Daddy God, and you look at him, and you present your request to him like that, don't you know his heart melts? Don't you know that he is so pleased that you have chosen to come to him and request these things? Now, he may say no. He might. And he knows what's good for us and what's not, obviously. But he may grant that thing. But sometimes we go, well, I'll never know until I ask him, right? So our Father in heaven, we come and get up in his lap. And we sit there. It's real personal. I want you this next week to reflect upon our Father. Now, it can be my Father. Our Father means in community. So he's our Father, right? He's all believers Father. But my Father, who art in heaven. Is it okay to pray to Jesus? Of course it is. Is it okay to pray to the Holy Spirit? Of course it is. I pray to both. I pray to all three at that time. But the normal pattern is to pray to God the Father through Jesus Christ. So... So what does it mean to be our father? Well, it should be very intimate. My father, whisper it. My father. I was running this morning, and I was like, my father. And so I knew how long it would take me to get back to the house and all and get ready. But I really, I, it was like I couldn't get off of that. My father. It was like it just stuck. So I did, as far as the Lord's Prayer, I, I just sort of got hung there for a long time. My father. Think about that, how intimate that is. And so why would we not want to bring ourselves and lay ourselves before him and present our request before him uh, if he's inviting us in this manner? Jesus, this was so important to Jesus because the disciples said, teach us how to pray. We don't know. And so we know prayer is so involved and is so obviously uh, multidimensional, so to speak. There's so many ways we can pray and, and so forth. But he made it real simple. My Father, our Father, who art in heaven, should be. Remember there when Jesus was uh, crucified and he said, it's finished? What happened? Got real dark? Earthquake? And the veil in the temple split in two. Remember what that obviously symbolized? It symbolized what the work book of Hebrews tells us, and that is that we can come before the throne of grace with confidence or boldness and present our request before him in the throne of grace. We can come into the very presence of God. See, the priests could only go in the presence of the Lord, what was it, once a year? They went in and they prayed and interceded for the sins of the people at that time. But you and I, had the privilege of going in the very presence of the Lord. Now, sometimes I can pray, and I'll ask the Holy Spirit to come and touch me. And when I sit and I really get my mind on the Father and sit there for a moment, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, there's a sense, almost sometimes a warmth that comes over me. There's a presence that's there. I'm going, you're here, and I thank him for it. It gets real still and gets real quiet at that time. And you can start by worshiping the Lord. I turn on worship music at times. I've told you kind of my pattern at times. And I vary it. So obviously you can do it the way God leads you to do it. But you sit in the presence of the Lord. Let me tell you, something happens. And you begin to talk to him. And the words begin to flow. It begins like you can't really, obviously, you don't struggle to think of things and, and come up with different things. But they just begin to flow because you're sitting in the pr very presence of the Lord. He's listening to us. The Bible says that he inclines his ear to us. And I always love that verse because it's like he turns his ear. Come on, talk to me. I want you to talk to me. So if you receive Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, we know that obviously you have this privilege here because this prayer is a prayer for believers to pray here. Galatians chapter 4 says, And because your sons... 
God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Pause for a minute. Our Father. Our Father here. What a privilege here. Let me tell you. You've got particular adverse, adverse things that are coming against you. It could be finances. could be health thing. could be the, what we talked about early, or the, about the prayer breakthrough and the things that God is, is going to bring in your life there in His way and His timing here, certainly. But if you come before the Lord, say, Our Father, those things begin to take another place in your life. Because, see, we run up, and we've got our grocery list of requests, right? And we start firing away. When he says, wait a minute, wait a minute. You want to begin this right. My father. And then you're reminded of who he is and who art in heaven. And so that is so powerful that you and I need to pause for a moment. The next part, hallowed be thy name. Anybody ever reflected on that? You ever prayed, Lord, let your name be hallowed in my life today? Let your name be hallowed in my family, in my church, in my friend's life today. Let your name be hallowed in everything, which means actually holy, holy, holy that we sang. Let your holiness fill me. Lord, let your name be hallowed in the city of Houston, Texas. Let your name be hallowed in the dark places of this earth and their darkness all over. But let your light shine. Your, the holiness of your name come and break forth through the darkness that we see happening all around us today. That's hallowing. Hallowed be thy name. Let your name be revered over all the earth. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord one day. Let your name. You know, the name is such significance there. And I know sometimes when we're working in deliverance or when we're doing house cleaning, I just use the name Jesus because the darkness hates the name of Jesus because they know what Jesus did. He arose and burst out of the grave. His name be hallowed and holy. Hallowed be thy name, Lord, in my family. Those who are coming after me, what we're talking about here sometimes too, the young people that we talked about earlier that I think Don was talking about too with Chrissy's kids and all the kids that we have. It's happening. Hallowed be your name in those young people's lives. There's a move of God today taking place in the young people's lives. And they're coming into the presence of God and they're hallowing his name. Hallowed be thy name. Holiness. Holiness unto the Lord. I believe this move of God will be a move of holiness. Okay? We're positionally holy because when we accept Christ, definitely. But there is also that sanctification or that progressive part of making us holy. He said, cause he said we're to be holy as he is holy. Okay? Positionally, we're, sit with, we're seated with Christ in the heavens, it says. And we know we obviously have that position of holiness. But that's to be working in your heart and my life all those things because Paul says cast off those sins that so easily entangle us and run that race with perseverance and giving glory to the author and finisher of our faith the Lord Jesus Christ so we are just, those things start just falling off as a result because we realize why it's because I don't know about you but sometimes it's sense that maybe the closer you get to God the more he shows all these things in your heart that you didn't know were there anybody experience that? He shines a light on it. And, and he begins to shine that light. And it get, you get closer and you go, I thought I dealt with that. I thought that, I didn't, that wasn't there anymore. And you've confessed it. And you're forgiven of it, definitely. But he's saying, I don't want that working in your heart. I want to make you totally, you know, David, he said, create in me a pure heart, a clean heart. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Okay. He said, create that in me. Why did he say that? Because it's God working in your life and my life, David's life and all. I cry out, create that in me, Lord. Make me holy as you're holy. I know I'm positioned holy, but make me work that holiness in my life. Get rid of those things that are not pleasing to you. That light shines on it, and man, bam. It's like, oh, boy. I thought, man, I'd gotten past that. And God said, no, but I want to free you. Set you free. Because Jesus said, Isaiah 61, I've come to set the captive free. Obviously, 
not also in this case considering his power, but also his character here. Be careful about what you whisper under your breath when adversity comes. Sometimes we'll, we'll sometimes get discouraged, and sometimes things really come against us in our lives. Be careful what you whisper under your breath. If you whisper something, whisper Jesus, the name Jesus. Come back to that. Lord, I ask you to remind us of that. What, no matter what you're going through, whisper the name of Jesus instead of murmuring and complaining. And sometimes those things coming at us, one behind the other like this, instead of griping about it, whisper the name of Jesus. It's powerful here. You know, Scripture says, What is man that you are mindful of him? It's a time to be still in the Father's presence and have the right attitude here. And the question today is, what is the greatest desire of your heart? Do you want to see God's name glorified? Is that your primary goal for being here? The primary goal, obviously, for the Apostle Paul that we were talking about earlier, he wanted to see God glorified in his life. He wanted to do the will of God more than anything else in his life, to die, obviously, live as Christ and to die as gain. He wanted to glorify the Lord, and he lived to that end. Now, you and I know this, but we walk in every day. There are times when we don't feel like that's necessarily our priority in our lives. It should be that God's will would be done. I know all of us, when we first gave our hearts to the Lord and encountering the Lord in different, different ways and so forth, we came to a place of, Lord, I want to do your will no matter what. I want, that's my priority in life. Every now and then we need to revisit that and see if something else has come and usurped that in your life, taking that away from your life. God's name to be hallowed. Second thing is, look at what he's got. Be submissive. This is most important. Be submissive. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So how is God's will done in heaven? Anybody? How is God's will done in heaven? And you're talking about where God resides. How's God's will be, been done? It's perfectly, right? So what we're praying here is, is that his kingdom would come, his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, it's perfectly done up there. I think we can all agree to that. So you're going, how's that going to work? Bring it down here when we live in an imperfect world, right? Well, let me encourage you about something. God's kingdom is continually advancing in the world today. If you remember there where Jesus was casting out a demon in Matthew chapter 12, and he said this, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God is come upon you. He healed the sick. The kingdom of God is coming upon us. When we see a person saved today, the kingdom of God is advancing in our midst. When you're praying for somebody, and maybe through deliverance or whatever it may be, and you see people getting set free, the kingdom of God is advancing today. Now, the fullness of that advancement will take place when Jesus comes back again. Everybody got that, right? But we today, that's why we pray it. Your kingdom come and you will be done on earth as it is in heaven right now in this place. All right, let me give you an example. And I pray, Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in my life today. Lord, let your kingdom come and your will be done in my family today. Let your kingdom come, Lord, and your will be done in my church today. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in the city of Houston and throughout the United States of America today as it is in heaven. And you can pray that prayer. It's an advancement. The kingdom of God is advanced advancing but one day we know in the book of revelation the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdom of god or heaven one day the fullness of that will be will take place no more satan's kingdom no more man's kingdom because the rightful kingdom of jesus will come amen in its fullness but until that time we're to pray it so we're not praying a mist when we pray this prayer it's advancing folks when this revival comes, God's kingdom is advancing amongst all who desire to be a part of that. It will not be the fullness of the kingdom again until Jesus comes back again. But we know that he is coming for a victorious church, I believe, in all the darkness that we see around us. We are not, obviously, let me just mention something. 
We're, we're not a church that's just barely hanging on, just barely hanging on because Satan has beat us to death. And somehow, right at the right moment, Jesus comes in his spiritual helicopter and he comes and rescues the church and pulls it out. No. He's coming back for a victorious church right in the midst of the darkness. It's all around us today. Hallelujah. Amen. We're not, obviously. We have the victory in Jesus. Not impotent in that way. We have the strength and power of God to keep on keeping on, to persevere, to persist in whatever God is calling. Let me tell you, Muslims are coming to the Lord all over the world. God speaks many times to Muslims in dreams. Okay, Jesus revealing himself through that. People in India today, my, our friend Samson that we help in the ministry, he's in India, and he preaches to multitudes of people today. So he's preaching and, and preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ today. In India, people are coming to get world. Big, big continents today all over. Don't look at people around you and be discouraged today because his kingdom is advancing. It's moving on, and you and I, and be a part of that. Ask him. And your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it in heaven. The church will rise up in darkness here. The kingdom of God has been exam- advancing since Jesus came. More people are coming under the rule of Jesus. More captives are being set free. So we're not just praying for the future. But we're praying in the here and now. When light shines, darkness is dispelled. Believe it. Flip the light on when you get ready to go in the room. Same principle. The light dispels the darkness, and you and I can participate with the Lord. It's advancing. Don't be discouraged. We are living in a time of encouragement, and God's kingdom is advancing, obviously, in areas where there are different problems we're having. I want to tell you today, surrender them to the Lord. The life of a Christian is surrender. It's about surrender. Giving it to the Lord. It's surrender. Giving your life up. See, we've been bought with a price. We're no longer our own. Expensive price of the blood. Jesus gave it all. He paid the price for the forgiveness of our sins. And whatever is going on in our life, and we're struggling with it, and we can't seem to get the victory in that particular area, more than likely you haven't surrendered it to the Lord. Surrender it to the Lord. If you're dealing with something, if you're dealing with an addiction, if you're dealing with a habit, if you're dealing with something in your life that you know it keeps popping up, give it to the Lord. I want to encourage you. Give before the Lord. Go through and surrender it to Him and get the victory. Jesus came so that you and I would get, have the victory. The wonderful thing about it is we can participate with Him and God is on the move. God is doing things. I said, Lord, I know you're moving amongst the young people. But I'm not a young people. (laughs) And I want to experience you, Lord. I want to know you. I want others to know you. I want the world to know you. Okay. And I want to be a part of it. And I know you do too. Our Father. Our Father. Daddy God. Intimate. Close crawl in his lap get up and talk to him about it he can help us and sometimes last night I was praying I said Lord I don't know what to pray I'm not sure what to pray and you know what I prayed wound up I prayed Jesus I need you I need you that's a prayer I need you and God answers that prayer I've used this illustration before it just came to mind I'll use it see if I can articulate it I want people to come to Christ Paul lived for that reason, to live as Christ, to live as Christ, and to die as gain. Okay? So to live as Christ, that should be our hearts also, to live as Christ. Paul was committed to the gospel. Paul wanted to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. He wanted to see people healed, and they were delivered under his ministry and so forth. But he he was preaching the gospel because we know the gospel is powerful powerful under the salvation for sal- all, all will believe upon him okay but I remember years ago there was a movie on and Clint Eastwood was in the movie I like Clint Eastwood movies and if you remember that Clint was a 
um, a pilot that actually was trained to, uh, and, and he had been, I think, maybe in Vietnam. And I believe it was another country. I won't say the country that it was because I don't know. But it was a country, an adversary of our country. And he went behind because he was well-trained as a pilot. Okay, And he went behind enemy lines to take and steal the enemy's jet, a supersonic jet, his fighter jet and probably bomber too. Okay. And there were people in the country next to this country that the United States was enemies with, where Clinton was going through, and they helped him get across the border and get to that jet. And it, I don't think it had been accomplished before then, but, but Clint was, uh, he finally got into the hangar where the uh, jet, the new type of jet with all the new technology and all that stuff was, and he got behind, uh, got in there, and eventually, to make a long story short, he got in the jet, and the doors opened up and, and all, and he pulled that jet out and got on the, on the uh, runway there to take off. And the, just as he's getting ready to take off, all the commanders of that particular country that owned the jet saw their jet take off. Okay. And I remember this one man that had helped Clint. emotional about a, a movie like this but it me meant something because I'm going to show you a connection one of the men there that had helped him across the border knew that when the uh, army uh, found out that that group of people helped Clint uh, which, which is another name but he was Eastwood got to get that jet that they would, they would be killed they'd lose their lives okay, for doing that for helping them and this man was willing to give his life that we would have the technology because that jet was going to be used for ill purposes, would not be used in any way for humanitarian type of good. Okay. And I remember the man there as he was in a field and he could hear the jet coming. And just as the jet flew over him, he knew that Eastwood had taken and commandeered the jet. And just at that time, he had already been shot. He'd already been shot. And just at that time, that jet went over him. He put his head down and died. I know this is not mean nothing to you, but what I was talking, what spoke to me years ago about this was. I want God's will to take place. And the church is the body of Christ, the family of God. And I want the church to experience the fullness of what God has for each one of you and then corporately today. And I don't want to lay my head down and leave until I see that. The Bible says in, in Ephesians, and Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus, prays that he strengthen us with all power, that we may how, how long and wide and high and deep is the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. I live for that. Because I don't want anybody to leave this earth without hearing the good news. God, by his grace, when I was a youngster and my parents, our parents, my brother and I, parents took us to church. And, and I heard the gospel. And I believe something happened there when I was younger, maybe 10 years old or whatever and all, and got baptized. I didn't ever walk with the Lord but God always, God always had his hand on me. And if I look back and I say, God, what is man that you're mindful of him? He didn't have to. But he gave his only begotten son 
there were no salvation, you would know salvation in the world. The burning desire of my heart is when God's ready, certainly, I want to be ready. But until that time, I want to see the body of Christ operating in the fullness of God. And I know that fullness will, end, well, fullness, fullness will take place when we're in heaven. But just like the prayer, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as, as it is in heaven. Today, I believe that we can experience that today. Or God, Paul wouldn't have put it there. He wouldn't have been praying it for the church at Ephesus. Something very important. And it's something that you and I, obviously, have the privilege of being a part of. And when I listen to, uh, about the life of Paul, the Apostle Paul, and I contemplate, that's man, he was in prison. He was changed to a guard, I mean, a, a well-skilled guard here for two years. And he was praising God. And I look at the little problems that I have, Maybe you think the same way. And they are nothing, nothing compared to the glorious rule and reign of Jesus in your life and my life. So if the Lord's spoken to you about it, and maybe there's an area where he doesn't have rule and reign, just give it to him. Surrender it. I give up. If there's something that God is dealing with you on, he keeps touching you he's not here to condemn you he doesn't condemn those are in Christ Jesus but just give it to him surrender it all to him I surrender all and let me tell you God's going to do it and I believe everybody here and I know I'm not mistaken wants to be a part of that and when that jet of revival is coming over no matter where we are we want to hear those engines roaring before we lay our heads down to rest. Amen? That's where we are today, all right? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth, and thank you for your presence, Lord. How great a God we serve. And Lord, today we want to hear, we want to hear the engines of revival awakening our heart to a holy, righteous, glorious God, Father, our Father who art in heaven. And dear God, today we want such an intimacy with you. Words can't describe it. We couldn't tell someone about it in that sense because it would be so personal and so intimate, dear Lord. But you work that in our hearts because we know when that takes place, we'll never be the same. Father, I pray you bless this church. Bless everybody. I bless each one of you in this church today. In the name of Jesus, I bless you, everyone in here. I bless you with the blessings of the Lord, the blessings of the Holy Spirit of God, the bless, blessings of His favor upon your life. I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for your attention today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Praise God from who?